lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and the return of our good friend Shannon Joy. She'll be joining us here on our Week in Review Roundtable in a moment. 888-900-3393. That's the number here to the Blaze. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address to this show. Uh, That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook. Look for my name there. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Follow us on Parlor at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you are a regular here on the program, then you know the drill. We are going to have typical Friday festivities coming up next hour. Uh, a little feedback Friday. We will delve into some of the things you guys have sent us via those ways to give us your feedback I just mentioned over the last few weeks. That's coming up next hour. But before we get to all of that, it is time for the day Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins as it typically does with issue one bleep, Democrats say. I would remind Mr. Jordan, Mr. Biggs and Mr. Johnson to stop violating the rules of the committee, to stop violating the safety of the members of the committee, to stop um, holding themselves out as not caring by refusing to wear their masks. On this day, Herman Cain is now one of the more than 150,000 Americans killed by the coronavirus. The lesson is the obvious lesson, which is that one must do everything one can do to keep from acquiring and to keep from transmitting the infection. Uh, And he was not a mask, a believer in masks. We wish his family well and we wish that he rest in peace. And I wish that this president have no peace until he thinks about what he's exposing people to. You should protect all the mucosal surfaces. So if you have goggles or an eye face or an eye shield, you should use it. And they can be decorated. So Dr. Wall, no one's really interested in decorations. We think that that could protect the individuals and that it would decrease the ability for them to touch their eyes and spread virus as well as those droplets coming towards them. I'm assuming there's investigative types out there following the money on hydroxy because it's the only thing that makes sense. You know, um, you know, does Putin have a stake in hydroxy? <laughs> you know, would you be recommending um, a, a shelter in place in these hot spots at this point? I, I think it's it's got to be considered. To be a bar, you had to have food available. Soups, sandwiches, etc. More than just hors d'oeuvres, chicken wings. You had to have some substantive food. The lowest level of substantive food were sandwiches. Do you disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? That's, that's, right. that's, that's, that's a myth. I think all the people that hate us and, you know, want to say shit to us are too big of a p- to stop and actually do anything about it. They just leave the folks alone and allow them to, to protest. There will be no violence. We're on 61, 62 days of protest, peaceful protest, and then all of a sudden federal agents show up and it's become violent. And then there's this parallel track where you have some Republican lawmakers accusing these companies of anti-conservative bias. 
and trying to get them to make certain commitments and promises. Let's just all remember, the claims about bias in tech platforms are anecdotal, not backed up by data or science. These are stories, not statistics, but we're probably going to hear more of that from the Republicans in the coming minutes. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. It's a joke. I didn't know where we were anyway. I, I need a weekend. I, I am I'm I'm about done. I gotta tell you. I'm 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 just about done. When I pause and reflect on how long we've been doing this, and I'm, I, I have these moments, I take my dogs out in the morning, like I've been doing it, and I step right into it, like immediately after my father's funeral, I question, like how am I even saying at this point? Like, well, th- th- this is the mouth of madness. It, it is. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. Because what we, it is. Yeah, because the way we're wired, and, and Shannon here too, all like, uh, give me the fight. Just show me the fight. I'll run into the burning building. And there's nothing you can no, there's do. Just, there's just stark the, raving to, madness. That, 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 that's all it is. The fight underwent gender transition yes. surgery. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a never-ending cycle of stark raving madness. That's, that's all that it is. That's all that it is. So Let's, a 10. We all agree. <laughs> Let's take care of that. I think, all right, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> all right, let's get to the first question. Shannon, what was your favorite uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs this week? Oh, there were so many. So, I mean, chin strap, mask guy who was chastising the rest of, you know, Bill Barr for not wearing a mask was awesome. Hydroxychloroquine is the cheapest drug out there, like the cheapest way to treat COVID-19. And they're talking about a money trail. But my favorite, my favorite has to be Fauci and the goggles, because it points to the absurdity of the times that we are living in. We are full in dystopia. And it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys ever read this short story by Kurt Vonnegut, but it's called Harrison Bergeron. And it's fantastic. And it's in this dystopian society. They've already redistributed all the wealth. All right. Everything is equal. But they realize the big lie of equality and equity. And and people are still prettier or smarter. Things just aren't equal. So they have this big department, the handicapper general that comes in and like weighs people down. So if you're really good looking, they make you wear a clown nose. If you're really smart, they put like these big earmuffs on you so that you're like, you know, getting this static all the times so you can't think. And uh, if you have 20-20 vision, they put these big goggles on you. And so Harrison Bergeron is like this big strapping Superman kind of guy. He's good looking and super smart. And you know, the, the picture that Kervonnegut paints is of this absurd creature. He has weights on his ankles because he's too strong. He has the goggles on he has the earmuffs on and you know he's trying to like break out of the dystopian but i mean that's where we are it's it's absurdity we are now in orwell's 1984 we are living in aldous huxley's a brave new world like it's all just coming one after another so i have to go with fauci wow that didn't help me that didn't that didn't that didn't help me i was actually very energetic when i came in here this morning right it seemed i was pretty fired up right you were fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just get to that Michael Douglas falling down point. You know, I mean, you just the car, you're you're just one too many days in a row of traffic jams, and you just 
put the car in park right there in the traffic jam and just get out right and just leave it there i know that's that montage did that to me quickly aaron what was your favorite I would say it's uh, it's New York Governor, Governor Andrew Cuomo reading from the uh, book of uh, progress, uh, pro- Progressivists, um, not to be confused with the book of Leviticus, but it's similar. Um, thou shalt not, uh, thou shalt not serve any chicken wings before their time, unless it is uh, outside of a pandemic. Ch- sandwiches shall, shall be served, for they are actually good sustenance and actually. Uh, my goodness, the level of, I, I always love the progressives who say, well, look at this verse from Leviticus. That's a stupid law. I'll just roll tape of Andrew Cuomo talking about chicken wings, how, how that's not actually real food. And you have to actually serve this type of food in order to be considered this type of establishment. I mean, that's madness. That's funny. It, it sounds funny, but that's madness as well. I mean, I I love that story that Shannon told. I, I mean, we are, I, I think we're like down the rabbit hole, Alice in Wonderland on a weird LSD trip right now. Todd, quickly yours. Yeah, we're big fans of laws of nature and nature's uh, God on the show. And the laws of nature kicked in uh, for that Karen in the mask and the AK who stepped to the wrong guy. Just saying. Exit question on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the odds Trump will fire Fauci and 10 being the odds he failed to do so, uh, or failing to do so, will cost him the election. Uh, Rate this week's level of total depravity 10. All right, let's get to issue 2. Big Tech. Antitrust hearings began this week in the U.S. House of Representatives on big tech companies' potential monopolies in the digital marketplace. CEOs from Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook testified mainly over allegations their companies stole intellectual property from smaller companies, or in the case of Amazon, maybe aiding and abetting the propagation of intellectual property theft and slave labor from countries like China. Do you believe that the Chinese government steals technology from U.S. companies? Uh, I don't know of specific cases where we uh, have been stolen from. Uh, Congressman, uh, uh, I have no first-hand knowledge of uh, any information stolen from Google. Congressman, I think it's well documented that the Chinese government steals technology from American companies. I have heard many reports of that, and I, I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard many reports of it. Will you guys agree that slave labor is not something that you will tolerate um, in manufacturing your products or in products that are sold on your platforms? Uh, I agree, Congressman. We wouldn't tolerate it. We would we would terminate a supplier relationship if it, if it were found. I agree. We wouldn't tolerate this. Seemingly one topic, perhaps the most important topic, was not addressed, at least not in great detail, supposed censorship of conservative voices on those platforms. Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, who takes money from Google, was confronted by Fox News's Tucker Carlson about why he and other Republicans are seemingly so disinterested in that facet of the conversation. Well, no, you just mentioned the most important thing. In 96 days, 97 days, whatever that number is, it's important we really elect Donald Trump and take back the House. It seems very difficult for any candidate or party to win anything 
if all the information about the race is controlled by people who are working for the other side, which is where we are now. So without whining no. about why nothing has been done so far, let me ask you. No, Jim Sensenbrenner has taken money from Google. Google is your second biggest campaign contributor in the last cycle. Why do you think they would give you money? And why would you no, take I mean, it? If they, look, if they want to exercise their First Amendment liberties and give me money, that, I raised $3 million last quarter. If Google gives me a few thousand dollar check, God bless them. That doesn't change who I am. It's striking. After this week, the platforms of Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube systematically scrubbed all traces of a press conference featuring medical doctors from around the country talking about the dangers of lockdown and the benefits they've seen of hydroxychloroquine in treating coronavirus. Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account was even suspended for sharing clips of the conference. It's just the latest in the long line of anti-wrongthink censorship from big tech. Also this week in Israel's Knesset, a representative from Twitter was asked about the double standard the company holds for world leaders. Uh, you have recently started flagging the tweets of President Trump. Why have you not flagged the tweets of Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei, who has literally called for the genocide of Israel and Jewish people? So we have an approach to world leaders that presently say that direct interactions with fellow public figures, comments on political issues of the day, or foreign policy saber-rattling on military economic issues are generally not in violation so calling of for our genocide is okay, but uh, commenting however, on politics is not. And then when you throw in an investigation from February of this year from the website The Post Millennial showing Twitter was being actively used as a platform to share and distribute child pornography, you have to wonder why these platforms are so efficient in silencing certain political voices, but seemingly have little interest in keeping their sites clean of actual illegal and abusive material. I guess at the end of the day, the only solution is... In 96 days, 97 days, whatever that number is, it's important we re-elect Donald Trump and take back the House. So, we're going to talk in depth about hydroxychloroquine next segment, okay? Um, but the issue is the backdrop of the question I'm going to lead off with. That wasn't in your rundown, so I'm going to hit you with it cold, Todd. If all of these big tech companies in the span of literally minutes, if not hours can completely scrub any evidence that a press conference that had received 15 million views from doctors of, cel- of some celebrated medical schools all over the country uh, gave in front uh, in Washington, D.C. on, on uh, treating coronavirus. If they can scrub that in minutes, if not hours, why, why can't they scrub all the child pornography off of the Internet? I ask you. Yeah, when you said that, that is the ultimate and asked and answer questions. I mean, you want to talk, you, you, you sprint past, there's no good answer to that, to um, go straight to hell, do not pass go. I mean, it's... And, and it, you, you, you praise God that there is one. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Because this is where, this is, this is where, this is where at, at times, the, the recognition of a hell gives you comfort. That this level of injustice, if it's not going to be confronted and punished in this life, then it will be mercilessly so punished in the yes. next. Yeah. But this was my point. I'm feeling rather merciless today, I have to tell you, guys. That's that's my word today. Merciless. This is my point about what I said before we had heard of a lockdown. The, the, the transgendering of America going all the way back to the creation point in the garden. We were, we were created in God's image. Male and female, he created them. Once we turn that first fruit of 
God's beautiful creation totally upside down. There was no truth. There was no standard. There was nothing we would be beholden to other than the serpent's great design. That's where we are right now. So, of course, you are correct on that. Aaron. Yes, I, I, there is no, there is no answer to that question. There's no good ones anyway. When President Trump or Donald Trump Jr. tweets out videos of doctors, medical doctors, who have literally prescribed HCQ to their COVID-19 disease patients and have seen the results, when those doctors with those degrees from those institutions are deemed a public health threat, really? And the Ayatollah Khomeini calling for the genocide of an entire group of people is, uh, ah, that's saber-rattling. Okay, when you, when you actively have a platform like Twitter, who's doing, la- doing that, and then they're, you know, they're child porn, you know, kitty porn, I don't like that, we'll remove the accounts and it just keeps getting used for that. I, th- what, what can you say? And as far, I, I don't have any problem with anybody, and I might do the same thing myself, voting for, voting Republican just as a bunch of human shields this November, no problem with that at all. But that thing at the end there that I threw in there, I'm going to need a little bit more of from the Jim Jordans of the world who actually are in position of power. He's a representative, one of hundreds, but who are in a position of power. I'm going to need a little bit more than, well, that's why you got to vote Republican. I, uh, no, <laughs> but at the same time, I, what happens? You pass an antitrust law. You pass some sort of provision within that antitrust law that you can't you can't uh, censor censor political voices, censor voices. You can't. You got to have a straight algorithm on all of your platforms. Uh, Supreme Court challenge, and John Roberts says, <laughs> "Yes, you can." We where's our recourse? It goes back to what Todd said. This is bigger than any policy. This is bigger than any um, any debate that we can have. This is bigger than any one platform, any one company. When you when you have a country that is so unmoored from its foundation, from any foundation, eventually you're going to end up in the position that we're in right now. And it's only by God's grace that we literally have not organizationally in an organized fashion like started shooting each other that's only by the grace of god but that that day is coming faster than ever before shannon what's your big picture take on this issue well it's much worse than jim jordan getting a few thousand dollars from google in terms of the corruption in washington dc with big tech I have a report here from Tech Inquiry, which is a nonprofit, and they revealed the Department of Defense and federal law enforcement agencies, including Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the FBI, Drug Enforcement Agency, and the Federal Bureau of Prisons, have secured thousands of deals with Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Dell, IBM, Hewlett Packard, and even Facebook. And that's just the Department of Defense. Microsoft got a $10 billion contract from the federal government just a year ago for the JEDI program. But it's even bigger than the Department of Defense, Health Department, Education Department. You have you have a merging of big tech with healthcare and education and billions of dollars are being sent to these organizations, these corporations from our federal government. Okay, so this is why this is a government created monopoly. It is a government created problem. 
and an antitrust bill or some Supreme Court decision isn't going to cut it. This goes straight to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue in these in, in the budgets in order. And, and it's astonishing. It's astonishing. The very people who are destroying this presidency, who are making the conditions for reelection virtually impossible by the nature of the propaganda that they're pushing out. It's much bigger than just the left wing media aspect of it. OK, this is this is the whole tamale. Just watch a TED talk with Bill Gates talking about biotech merging with healthcare and the tattoos that they're so excited about that are imprinted on people's wrists that pro provide a vaccine record to make sure that they're up to date for vaccines. OK, this stuff is getting very scary. And all of it is because of the massive amount of money that is being pumped into these corporations by the federal government. All your kids are going to have a Google Chromebook as we move to because they're shutting down the schools. We move to hybrid learning or online learning. Every child is going to have a Google Chromebook in their home. And that's going to be collecting enormous amount of data from your kids, psychographic data, qualitative, quantitative. OK, this is a much bigger problem. And the solution is not going to be in Washington, D.C. They're already corrupted. But the answer is to completely divorce the federal government. I mean, you need to go like like Calvin Coolidge style. 50% slash on everything, cut all the contracts. Because this isn't for defense. This is for just data collection. The federal government is using these agencies to spy on American citizens. That's what's going on here. And then they have this fake fight about, oh, it's not fair. The media coverage isn't fair. It's much bigger than that. They're all in this together. And people need to wake up to that. Gentlemen, Todd, your thoughts on what Shannon just said? Uh, she had me at Calvin Coolidge 50 percent slash of everything uh there's 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 zero reason at this point uh to be uh discriminating uh in in this stuff just go go after it all it's all an utter failure and to to prop up these organizations that I mean, th this is the as bad as the execution of the Star Wars prequels were. This, the, all of this incestuous moving of pieces exactly is what I, is at the the heart of that thing. And to not understand to speak to Shannon, Shannon's desire to get more local. Listen, I have because of the utility of Twitter. They tried to cancel my local school district. Tried to 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 block me on Twitter. And I successfully pointed out because I know more about it than them and I'm more insufferable than them that no, you can't do that. So now, and I've only been more rascally after that and have had huge success in my district winning because I'm that guy that won't go away. And if it only was, as Steve, you say it only takes a minority. If there were 10 of us, 20 of us in my district, we would be running the thing. It speaks to why your initial point about this, how this is the, the line in the sand. Absolutely. If we lose our ability to communicate ideas, who here? If, if a tree falls in a forest, Steve, it's, it's really that come to life in this moment. We absolutely need to fight for it. Shannon, I, I think this is the most dangerous monopoly in the history of free market economies. Absolutely. Every segment. The biotech is terrifying. The biotech is absolutely terrifying. And uh, it, I, I likened it to a 21st century eugenics movement in this country. And, um, you know, once they claim our bodies, and this is where the, the big picture, the, the, the big tamale or the whole whatever. I don't even know what to say. I think you but, mean enchilada. We're getting our... Uh, <laughs> 
Mexican-American food dishes mixed up, but that's all right. Go ahead. It's, it's the vaccines. Once they breach your body, and that's where they want it to go. They, they, they want to have access to, to every individual body. And the vaccine debate, that's where all of this comes together. Great debate, by the way, between RFK Jr. and Alan Dershowitz. Fascinating debate on compulsory vaccination that everyone needs to watch. It's like an hour and 18 minutes. And I but think Alan Dershowitz may, may want to spend his time on a few other things <laughs> based on some news that's come out in the last 24 hours. I think he's, he's, he, he, he might be concerned about some uh, compulsory buttification uh, of where he might be ending up here when this story is all said and done. I think he might be getting injections of another kind. If you know what I'm saying, brother? So, but that's a topic and well-deserved if true, but that's a topic for another day. But this is where the, the, see, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I am anti-anti-liberty. And I absolutely agree with you on this as an anti-vaxxer. Actually, I believe you are, right, Shannon? Um, no, no, my kids, are, my kids are vaccinated. Okay, so it's just Todd then. Okay, so it's just Todd then. See, I'm anti-junk science. My kids are vaccinated too. I just didn't give them every all 75 vaccinations that they they suggested. Okay, yes. because I'm also the guy that I no, I have no problem telling you no. In fact, I greatly enjoy it. I get off on it. Actually, sometimes I'll tell you no, even when I agree, just because I love to see the look on your face that you can't believe someone told you no. Okay, um, but um, I I and I told our audience this earlier this week. I think you're watching the game plan play itself out for next year when they come out with their with their vaccine that yeah. will be at best a flu vaccine at best at best if we even get that okay but if indeed they are able to muster something up uh to justify the billions uh we're giving now to companies that haven't even brought part you know a, pro a single product to market yet okay meanwhile uh, meanwhile a, a business in san diego is sitting waiting for fda approval on a ten dollar a kit self-contained covid19 test that works like a pregnancy test with 97 percent effectiveness they're just sitting there they're just sitting there waiting to get FDA approval so that you can do this yourself and get control of your own medical history, right? They're just sitting there waiting to get FDA approval, all right? But we're giving billions to vaccine makers that have yet to bring a single product to market. I, I, of, of course, the same people that we have justified their compulsion on all these other issues are going to try and say, well, you can't shop here unless you've had the coronavirus vaccine. Of course, they're going to try and do this. Aaron, you get to speak up. Go ahead. So I can't buy or sell unless I've got this tattoo on my wrist that says that I've had the coronavirus shot. It's creepy. Hey. <laughs> Jerry Jenkins, is that you? Um, <laughs> Tim LaHaye, I'm hearing voices. Um, I, Next week on the Steve Day Show, Hal Lindsey will join us live. Yes. All right, go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I can't really add a, a heck of a lot more to this. I mean... In some respects, the cake is already baked when it comes to big tech. And so I, I keep coming back to, as for me and my house, you know, at the end of the day, you come try to forcefully vaccinate me uh, with this with this thing, like forcefully, compulsory. Um, no, I'm, no. Um, you try to get me to buy and sell, uh, or you can't. You don't let me buy or sell uh, without this fact. No, no. Why um, you not got no tattoo? Yeah. Right? Why? Why come you don't got no tattoo? Right. Yeah. Uh, idiocracy. Yeah. Uh, it's. It, even, it, even the rise of our, even the Antichrist rise is going to be dumb. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly. E even yeah. it will be dumb. Yes. E even even the one world coming global government 
with the mark of the beast, even that's going to be dumb, yeah. right? But I, I have I have a very difficult time believing that the same people who told you that masks don't work, do not buy masks. Now you need to buy masks, but they only work one direction. Oh, they actually work the other direction. Actually, they work both ways. Actually, right. masks don't work well enough, so we need to need you to, to, to wear you know face shields. I have a very difficult time believing that those people who told us all of that are not going to then turn around and d- demand that we all get vaccinated for this. So I'm, I agree. That's super cool. And big tech again will get will be part and parcel. Oh, they'll they'll step up to the plate. They'll 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 provide the ways. They'll provide the platform by which we can make sure we track everybody's vaccination uh, status. They'll do that for for next to nothing. I'm still trying to figure out how Herman Cain died of COVID nineteen because he by the way it's stage four cancer. We keep forgetting that by the way, uh, but he died of COVID nineteen with stage four cancer uh, because he wasn't wearing a mask when I thought the mask was to stop you from infecting other people. So why does it matter if he was wearing a mask? That doesn't make any sense to me anyway. At first, let's get to the exit question. If the role Big Tech will play in the outcome of the election were a song from ACDC's Back in Black, which celebrated its 40th anniversary this week, by the way, which song would it be? A, Hell's Bells, Dominance. B, Let Me Put My Love Into You, highly suggestive, but you still have a choice. Uh, C, What Do You Do For Money? All they care about is the cash more than the outcome. Or D, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. It's going to be very loud, but largely inconsequential. I threw in even the descriptions for you guys for clarification. Todd, what do you think? How's bells? Shannon. I'm going between A and D, like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um... I'm going to go Hell's Bells. All right, Aaron. Isn't Dirty Deeds on there? No, that's a whole different album. A whole different album than A. Okay. All right, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the treatment, which must not be named as a rising tide of Trump demon-possessed witch doctors counter the medical experts in between avocado toast running Facebook and Twitter. Next. Continuing on here with our weekly look at the week that was here on the Steve Day Show with the Dace Group. Uh, myself, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre, and our good friend, New York talk show host, Shannon Joy, here with us. Let's get to issue three, hydroxychloroquine. It'd be nice if we could have the same debate over hydroxychloroquine that we're having over masks. The partisan mask debate is heating up. Mask debate's growing. The president is trying to have us cover the mask debate. CBS, Target, and Walgreens are getting in on the mask debate. But unfortunately, due to the aforementioned big tech censorship of wrong think, we're not able to do so, at least not in an effective way. But what does that actually look like? Earlier this week, a liberal Brazilian writer by the name of Felipe Raffaelli took to the website Medium and wrote a 15,000-word essay about his research into hydroxychloroquine and along the way uncovered the creepiest, most 1984-esque silencing of voices of support for the drug. The essay is titled Hydroxychloroquine, the narrative that it doesn't work is the biggest hoax in recent human history. Raffaelli spends most of the essay writing about a French epidemiologist and physician named Didier Riolt. In his career, Riolt has more than 2,300 indexed publications in his name, is the most cited microbiologist in Europe, is among the most influential researchers in microbiology, according to Reuters, and has been cited over 100,000 times worldwide for his research into microbiology. 
virology and infectious diseases. Earlier this year, Rayold made headline after headline after his research into HCQ found that the drug has overwhelmingly positive effects in the treatment of COVID-19 disease. The essay pieces together the timeline of the pandemic, Rayold's sound research, and then his subsequent fall from the most cited researcher in Europe to unmitigated witch doctor quack. What changed? According to Raffaelli, Rayold's work and research into the drug treatment was accepted universally until March 21st. That day, President Donald Trump tweeted positively about Rayold's research and subsequently went on television to champion the decades-old drug as a solution to the pandemic. The essay then details after that crucial date how the French researcher was then ostracized, vilified, and all but academically crucified for his research. Media outlets began to run with stories about faulty research in less than a handful of his thousands of journalistic publications. They ran with stories about alleged harassment and bullying by Rayolt to some of his students. In short, the media tried to destroy him. Tale as old as time. The essay also puts the pieces together of the narrative surrounding HCQ that we still hear in the media today. I'm assuming there's investigative types out there following the money on hydroxy because it's the only thing that makes sense. You know, yeah. um, you know, does Putin have a stake in hydroxy? Donald Trump does indeed have a small stake in the manufacturer of the drug, but that was enough for the American media to couch Trump's support for the treatment as nothing more than a cynical ploy to enrich himself. The essay continues in great detail about the confirmation bias that then took hold over the American and Western public. In short, the essay claims that a promising drug treatment for COVID-19 disease was ignored and vilified. One of the world's most prominent researchers was subsequently vilified and destroyed thanks to a complicit American media and public, all because Donald Trump said good things about the drug. That piece, Aaron, cites, I mean, it, it's, it's a tome. But it is worth it. Uh, it. The guy who writes it is a lefty who can't stand Donald Trump. Can't stand him. Can't stand his own president in Brazil either. Yes. Okay. But he just wants to know what medicine works for sick people. That's all. Uh, I posted something earlier today from, uh, I want to make sure I get the name exactly correct, the International Journal of Infectious Disease which found a 50% decline in deaths with early treatment of hydroxychloroquine. 50%. I mean, if, if, think of any lethal, potentially lethal malady you can get in this world and how much better you would feel after your diagnosis if your doctor told you, hey, if we, if we use this treatment, there's a, you know, your odds of living go up 50%. Wouldn't you instantly feel better about that? I would. If it was my, if it was lo your loved one, wouldn't you feel better about that, Todd? I think this is all a distraction from the fact that if we would just put our goggles on, we could be through this in the next six to eight weeks. I don't, I don't even know what to say to some of this stuff because it's beyond me. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Some of the, some of the things I'm arguing are beyond me. I don't, I don't understand some of the subject matter that I am being asked to, to debate in the platform that I have because it's beyond me. I'm, I'm not qualified to debate the efficacy of the treatment of hydroxychloroquine with erythromycin and zinc. I don't know. I don't know. What I'm trying to figure out, though, is why the people, a lot of the people who are qualified don't want to debate it. That's the question I'd like to know. And this thing has been used in over a dozen countries all over the world 
one of the things that's pointed out in this medium piece is Switzerland banned the use of the drug in, in I think it was April uh, or early May and saw its death rate skyrocket. And in early June, rescinded the ban and saw its death rate drop and became the first Western country to totally reopen. Sweden even opened it, or Switzerland even opened its borders up. I, I, this is, I mean, this is like Salem witch trials kind yes, of stuff. Is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It's Galileo. It's, Alexander Fleming was told he was a kook for discovering the for discovering what we now call antibiotics and molds. He was a kook. And while the system pushed back on him before we developed antibiotics with his discovery, the first being penicillin, how many more people died so we could protect your groupthink during those years that went on? Aaron mentioned Didier Raoult. Yeah, the, considered the world's most foremost expert on communicable diseases, the most cited expert in the world on communicable diseases. His promising findings on HCQ as an early treatment for COVID-19 were, were actually, they were celebrated all over the world. They were celebrated all over the world until Donald Trump cited them approvingly. And now he has had to spend the next four months of his life defending himself and his legacy as a quack. Uh, it, he, he spends a lot of time on social media taking shots at Anthony Fauci, by the way. Um, what does that tell us about the times in which we live, Todd? I'll start with you. What does it tell us about? Well, let me tell you about the times in which we live. The times in which we live on this front are such that right now, the vice president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden's candidate for vice president of the United States, everybody, we talked about this, right? We all assume it has to be who? A black woman, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't even... Is there any argument about that at this point? Because Black Lives Matter, right? And yet this hydroxychloroquine thing has got that same team in such a tither that what did they have to do? They instantly had to impugn the integrity of who? A black woman. Which goes back to what we started talking about before. We're on the upside down. There is no standard they were beholden to. Nothing matters to them other than, you know, another scalp. That's how preposterous this is. A woman who says, along with many other doctors saying the same thing as she is, that we got, I, I have 300 lives saved. They scalped her in broad daylight. Oh, African, well, of course a lot of people in Africa believe in uh, demons and witchcraft and all manner of things. CNN hey. tweeted out a reference today to persons with a cervix. Yeah. That, and yes. You think you're, if you're doing that, you think you have standing exactly. to judge the superstitious, uh, the, the level of superstition yes. of a medical doctor from Nigeria? Yeah. Really? You're yeah. citing uh, you're, you're citing as a term of repute. Yes. Persons with a cervix. You're making the next point I was make. When when I heard found out that this woman believes in uh, uh, demons, that was value added for me, quite frankly. But everybody else, they went after the black woman. Be clear about they went at, not the white guys back there or even the white gals. They went after the black woman to bury this thing. That should tell you everything. Aaron. So there's wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs. This this story is this this facet of the story is is basically the same story that we've been seeing play out, at least in the West, at least in the non-socialized West. 
wolves, sheep, and sheep dogs. Um, it was, it was, it was the Canadian communications theorist Marshall McLuhan. He's the first one to to to, to use the phrase, and he he coined the phrase: "The medium is the message." And essentially what that means is that um, the message, whatever that message is, is not uh, as important as the medium in which it's being communicated mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So what do we think the medium is when it comes to the narrative being cast by by uh, being cast around this virus? What do we think the medium is? Well, we, we would be quick to, to say CNN, the talking heads on television. That's not the medium. The medium is the spirit of... Twitter. It really is. Because everybody on the on the pages of the New York Times and in the newsrooms of your favorite uh, television network, they are being influenced by that primarily. And what is the spirit of Twitter that I'm talking about? It's the constant it's the constants of new news, of new news, of new news. Now that could be positive news. It'd be the constants of positive news, positive news, positive news. But no, it's always the negative news. And this is where it comes to the wolves, sheep, and sheepdogs. There are so many people, the vast majority, majority of our culture, as it becomes increasingly and monolithically almost, in some sectors, secularized, eventually that, that creates a ton of sheep out there. That creates a ton of sheep because when you're secularized, you have no, it was what Rob Eno was talking about, our Blaze media critic here the other day. The more secularized a culture becomes, the more fear of what's after, after death, uh, well, the more fear is actually, the more fear you have of what's actually coming after death. And so the more fear and the more you try to protect things in your own life and that constance of Twitter feeding that fear all the time, the psychosis comes when the more things I have to fear, the more things I have to be safe from. At least that's my theory anyway. And so this tells you all you need to know really about this entire pandemic is that the spirit of and around Twitter, that constancy of information, all in one direction, being used by the wolves to prey on the sheep, to turn them whatever way they want to, and it's being eaten up by the sheep every single, every single day. We cannot have good news. We must have more fear because the more things I fear, the more things I feel safe from. It's a psychosis. I don't know if there's any cure for it. Stronger leadership, but I, I don't know. yo, um, I don't know. But that's that's all you need to know about this. It is our it is our news cycle, our twenty four second news cycle. What's the next thing I need to be afraid of so that I can feel safe from it, so I can protect myself from it? Because I live in fear. I live for fear because I fear what's coming after death. And if anything threatens my life, then I need to know about it. Shannon, one minute, go. Yeah, I think that we are in the midst of a full-on socialist revolution in this country, and it is evil in nature. And I do believe that uh, in terms of why do people hate hydroxychloroquine for the 100 level politico they hate it because trump likes it but for the higher level operative the people who are putting this in place it's because hydroxychloroquine works all right so it is you know it is it is evil what is happening in our country but in particular it's not just that it works it works and it's obtainable it's it's less than a dollar a pill that's 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 the issue yeah 
But the crucifixion of Stella Emanuel is particularly troubling because here you have a woman who testified to something very specific. It was her treatment of hundreds of patients with hydroxychloroquine in the results. It was very specific what she testified to. And what they did was crucify her for her spirituality, which were in some ways a little, I mean, some of it was a little bit kooky. I looked into what she said and and, and Christianity, you have all kinds of- Yep, we're short on time. But the the thing is that um, we're looking at really the ability for for Christians to practice, to go after um, our spirituality. We believe in a lot of things. I believe in, you know, God created the world in seven days, Adam and Eve, the flood. Uh, You know, I believe in the parting of the sea, the Virgin Mary, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in heaven and hell and demons, right? Does that preclude me from having professional opinions? Does that preclude a doctor? If they get their way, the answer will be yes. That's exactly right. Yes. All right. Let's skip the exit question because I think we all know where we stand on this. Let's go right to issue four. show this tweet aaron okay uh true or false this tweet from me if trump was smart he dropped the wet blanket pence with his miserable failure coronavirus task force that wrecked america and made christy gnome his vp i just want a true or false todd true absolutely shannon i only have time for a true or false true if he were smart aaron true all right let's get to predictions shannon go first go I think this will be the first time in modern American history that we will not have a presidential debate. I think the odds of that are much higher than people think. Yep. Todd. Uh, Steve, because of what you said about uh, the end game with social media, and right now, no uh, pushback on it, uh, there will be very, very high-profile conservatives that will be deplatformed before the election. Hmm. We're talking like give us give us definition of high like the Glenn Beck's and Mark Levin's that we have here yeah. high Tucker Carlson high stuff like that yeah yeah okay all of it yes. we're, we're assuming you mean like higher than ourselves you're talking like you know people who like matter right okay, yeah okay all right Aaron I have no prediction I just have fear <laughs> actually no my prediction is these I'm are just going, here so I don't get fined these are these these are going to become mandatory at various places. Because that's how we rule in this country. Frankly, that's a lot less invasive than the mask. I got to be honest. From an asthmatic standpoint, I'd rather wear that. Yeah. No, I can. That's a lot less invasive than the mask. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a sports prediction just because I I have to get my head out of this for a minute. Given the more difficult conference-laden schedules and all the testing uncertainty, meaning is a star player test positive and have to miss a couple games, et cetera, uh, no one is going to have fewer than two losses in college football this season. No one has fewer than two. That's going to be my prediction. Shannon, good to see you, as always. This is how I wear my mask, by the way, when I go to the store, just like that. Nice. Have they said anything to you about that, by the way, really quick? No, I don't even wear a mask. Target, Wegmans, Rite Aid, Walmart. I go everywhere. I get funny looks, but they're afraid of me. I'm like, don't, I, I think I port, I like portray a, like, don't mess with me kind of good, vibe. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It works. I, I do it too. It works to yeah. my advantage. Yeah. No, 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 no. Nothing right on this face. Not happening. Yeah. And New York, you can do it. All right. Shannon, good to see you as always. Have a great weekend. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, hour two, we are going to get into some feedback Friday. We're going to start off with a couple of notes involving one parent's interaction uh, with their school district in a major state about launching this fall and the other who's working within a U.S. Senate campaign. And if you weren't depressed already, you're about to be.
Let's get to an hour two live and on demand underway here on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todders and Aaron McIntyre and all of you on a Feedback Friday. We'll get to that feedback here in just a moment. And don't forget, you can send us your feedback at 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Follow us on Parlor at Steve Dace. And then get freebies that you can sample yourself and then share with others at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Again, that's D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, if you haven't done this already, give us a, a subscribe button smash. Could have said that simpler. Smash the subscribe button wherever you podcast from. You can also give us a five-star review. I think that's what happened. Let's try to say both of those things at the same time. Give us a five-star review if you like it. If you don't like it, don't lie. But Steve, what if I kind of like it? Then totally embellish. All right. Give us a five-star review, please. We're begging here. Uh, Not just because our fragile male egos require said affirmation, but also the algorithms within the interwebs need it as well so that they will then affirm us. All right. Thank you to the thousands of you that have given us one of those five-star reviews already. Part one of Feedback Friday brought to you by our friends over at ScoreMaster, which was created by credit data scientists uh, so that the average ScoreMaster user can get control of their credit. And the average ScoreMaster user raises their score about 61 points in 20 days or less. 61 points in 20 days or less. And the reason why is it's a new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than anything you've tried before because instead of giving the banks control over your credit, it gives you control instead. You see how your credit works and operates in real time, just like the lenders do. Why does this matter? Because having a better credit score can improve a lot of facets of life, getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, even getting a job at more and more places nowadays. So if you want to learn more or give it a shot, you'll be shocked to see how fast you can do this. All right. Scoremaster.com slash Steve. Scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to some feedback Friday. All right. Let's start with this one. And, And men... You're going to have to probably carry this program from here after I share this one with you, okay? Uh, So why am I sharing it with all of you on a Friday? Because I know what's coming, all right? Part of it is, you know, keeping things like this to yourself, just alleviate some of the pressure sharing stuff like this with others, right? Okay. The other part, though, is I want you in the audience to understand with a a first-person testimonial, why I pers- why I think it is so important to have counter data to the panic porn, to have counter political messaging to the fact that the Democrats are unified as 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 team lockdown, and so are their voters, etc. Why that matters, and then what happens when we don't? Okay, um, I withheld this person's name. He says, I work as a tracker on the ground for a conservative organization in a U.S. Senate race, even name the organization and the U.S. Senate race. I'm withholding all of that because I don't want to get this guy in trouble. Okay. He says, as you know, one of the main engines of a political campaign is messaging and driving the message. Oh, yes, I know. That's where I have all my experience, actually. Well, to give you a status report from the boiler room, there is no, he writes. I repeat, zero, he writes. 
gathering of data or flagging comments on anything Democrats say with regard to COVID. Meaning they're not doing any opposition research on this. They're not, hey, this is some nuts thing, you know, we're going to use this against them later on. Nothing. Nothing. I'm going to tell you why that matters in a moment, okay? In case you can't connect those dots, your own, and that's okay. You haven't done this professionally, and so let me interpret what this means for you, okay? But this person goes on to write, the Republican National Committee and the Trump campaign are telling us through the tea leaves that Democrats will have full range with no obstacles to press on with the panic porn. You should see the virtual town halls I've been covering for the last two months. There is no hope of getting the message through against the panic porn of just Democrat Facebook lives and town halls that they hold. It's a full-on sinking ship, he writes, in the information war. Let me let me give you let me quantify for you what this means, okay? Let, let's let's use another issue. Um, guns. Let's go with guns. And let's say, you know, we, at the, the latter part of the Obama years, we had new uh, Sandy Hook, uh, you know, we had a, a, a slew of tragic school shootings, right? Which the Democrats, of course, and well, public shootings. We had the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting, uh, which they tried to blame on a Hispanic Tea Party member. I credit for admitting that there might actually be a Hispanic Tea Party member, I guess, at ABC News. We're making baby steps here. <laughs> All right. But um, let's take a hot button issue like guns. And it's and it's it's stirring mightily because of an of, of tragic gun violence playing out in the headlines. So everyone's thinking about it. Everyone's talking about it right now, right? Okay. And imagine if one side of that debate was permitted, and when I say permitted, meaning by your opponent. Like um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin one year, maybe someday, might not be good running the football. Okay? Mm-hmm. But if they're playing Iowa, and that, so the only two perspectives that really matter on whether Wisconsin has a good running game this day are Wisconsin and Iowa's because they're the only two teams on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody else's opinion, what any other teams are doing, irrelevant. Because the contest is between Wisconsin and Iowa. That's the game that day, right? Yes. Okay. So all that really matters is how good Wisconsin's running game is up against the Iowa run defense, right? Mm-hmm. The Wisconsin running game earlier in the year may have sucked and been terrible. But if on the day they play Iowa, the Iowa defense lays down, doesn't fight, doesn't literally just lays down. We're not even going to get in a three-point stance here. We're just going to lay on the ground. Will Wisconsin have an effective running game that day? Yes. Yes. Does it mean necessarily in an objective vacuum that their running game is good because it was good up against a team, an opponent that just literally laid down? No. No. But were they playing all the other teams that we would compare them to that day? Right. No. So the only game that matters is who they played that day, right? Yes. And so the only opponent who matters, the only viewpoint that matters in this exercise is the viewpoint of their opponent. And the opponent chose, chose to lay down, which means Wisconsin's going to do what? run all over them, right? Mm-hmm. That's the equivalent of what's happening here. 
So take a hot button issue like guns. And since there's no opponent to hold you into account, you can say anything, create, we're taking all the guns, confiscating them all, whatever we want, right? Like, remember when Beto said, yeah, we're going to take all your guns, and his presidential campaign ended in like a week after this, right? Because there were consequences for this. Mm-hmm. Now imagine there are none. Right. And these consequences, listen, the right, the right can be held organically um, accountable by the left media. But we all know it doesn't work the other way, right? We all know right. organically this doesn't work the other way. And so really the only vessel that will hold the left accountable for when they color outside the lines is what? It's not going to be a, it's not going to be an unbiased media, so it's going to have to be their political opposition that does it. No one else is playing referee here, right? Right. And so no referees now. Now now there's no referees. So Wisconsin can like even hold if they want, right? Okay. I mean, they can do whatever they want. Yes. All right. So no one's no one's throwing flags, and then Iowa's not playing defense. Wisconsin's going to run for a thousand yards in one game. Yes. Okay. That's what's occurring here. And so imagine if this was on guns. We're taking all your guns, licensing all your guns, chipping your face on your tongue, uh, whatever we want. Just whatever we want, we can say whatever we want. 30 million people have died from gun violence. 30 million kids killed. 30 million kids died because of gun, uh, guns at schools in the last uh, week. Just anything nuts we want to say. Uh, instead of face shields and goggles, every kid wears Kevlar uh, to go to school, right? They can, they can say and do whatever they want. Yep. And there will be no political pushback, no political consequence for this. No one to take advantage of the fact that they've, they've taken themselves way outside the mainstream because you know why? If there's no opposition, then they are the mainstream. We played a game. Now imagine, now imagine Iowa's defense didn't even lay down. Imagine Iowa didn't show up. Or we're still going to play a game, right? Still scheduled to kick off at noon. So now they're not even out there to lay down. They just didn't even show that's what's happening here with coronavirus is what this campaign operative is telling you. Democrats, when it comes to this virus and the, the data surrounding it, the numbers about it, the, the public policy that they can impose on you, politically are going to be permitted to say whatever the hell they want. And there will be no organized resistance to this and hey our show has grown substantially this year Daniel Horowitz was telling me his audience has doubled this year you can take all of us and put us all together it won't put a dent in if the entire other side of the argument is unified without real political pushback because they can just ignore all of us. We're not running for office against them. We're not competing for audience with them. We're not competing for audience with them. If Fox wasn't crushing all these cable networks in the new in the ratings, they they would never acknowledge they even exist, guys. They only have to do this because they're getting crushed by them. Otherwise, they just ignore them like they do an outlet like us, frankly. Okay? 
So let me give you a shorter translation of what this means. We are on our own. The most pressing issue impacting, imagine trying to, imagine running for re-election or election and just deciding that you're going to eject yourself from the debate on the most pressing issue facing every single voter that will vote. That is what this White House has done. That is what the Republican Party in mass has done. While the other side is going to politicize the bleep out of this at every chance they get. And since there will be no counter politicization of it, they get to do whatever they want. And there will be no consequences for it. None. They can say whatever they want, do whatever they want. No, they, there, there can be no blowback. Because who would, who, would, who, would, who, would, who would galvanize that blowback and say, dude, they, you got you to you wear goggles now? Vote for me. Who's doing that? Who's doing that? Nobody is. Nobody is. Nobody's running on the counter to their panic porn. And this isn't global warming, some niche issue that only their base cares about and votes on. So it has no impact electorally. This is the issue of the era. This has, this is, this has created a cultural Pearl Harbor in America. It, is, it has upended our lives in ways far beyond anything even 9-11 contemplated. Guys, we took one week off of the NFL and college football and just went right back to full stadiums and everything the very next week after 9-11. I mean, the Jets and Giants were playing games while there were still smokestacks from what used to be the two towers in the backgrounds. We just went right back to school, everything else. We've never, unless you're old enough to have lived through Pearl Harbor or maybe the Kennedy assassination, you don't remember anything that has unnerved America like this has. And it's happened in the middle of an election year. And one political party and its media has now carte blanche to do whatever they want with it. Politicize it in any way they want. And the other side is just not going to put up any fight at all. Not even like, let's just actually make sure that we share the data with everybody. Nothing. 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 That's what that email means. And it's even a little worse than that. Oh, please, by all means, make it worse. Because... Make it worse than that. About not showing... When you went down, laying down, not showing up, uh, some of the Hawkeyes also actually did show up, but they decided to wear the Badgers jersey and play on their side because regarding hydroxychloroquine and... What we talked about before and memory holding that thing. And this speaks to exactly why I think uh, conservative, high, very, the highest high profile conservatives who are legitimately conservative are going to get deplanned for because some of the other undeniably considered conservative ones, but who I won't name them by name, but at least two who this show is pushed back on regular basis. They put on the other uniform. They were using the most heinous of talking points that you may as well heard from Nancy Pelosi or Joy Reid. I know. So it's yeah, even worse. Yeah, I know. We should maybe rename this show. Even it's worse. even worse. It's even worse. It's even worse. 
I don't normally send these types of emails, but I felt compelled. I'd appreciate it if you kept my information private as I think that what I'm about to share could be a career-limiting decision. <laughs> I work in a suburban school district in Northeast Ohio. I am not an educator. I've had a seat at the table in the reopening planning meetings, but I'm not a decision maker. My involvement is simply to know what is going on so I can relay the information to the community. As I've watched these leaders struggle with developing... Now, before I get into this, let me state it's a backdrop. There has not been one single... There have been schools open around the world since March starting in Asia and then in Europe since April. I think Denmark was the first school that reopened in April, all right? So months of data on this from South Korea, Taiwan. I'm not counting any Chinese data. and any, I don't even look at Chinese data, guys, all right? So nothing from Taiwan and South Korea in, in, out in, the far, in, in, in Asia. Nothing from Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, all, you know, um, Israel, countries whose schools have been open since April or May. Nothing. Not a single recorded case in any of these nations of a child, a student, transmitting COVID-19 to a teacher. Not one. Not one in the whole bleeping world, guys. Not one. All right? Thank God they were all wearing goggles, Steve. Indeed. So keep that in, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as, as you listen to what I'm about to read to you. As I've watched these leaders, she writes, struggle with developing a reopening plan, I've been struck by one thing. Most schools, administrators, and school boards are not activists. While for some, especially in union leadership, there is coordinated attempt to institute leftist policies and educational ped ped uh, ped uh, pedagogy. I can't say that word. Pedagogy. Uh, thank you. Uh, the true shame of the current crisis in education is simply the lack of diverse opinions, which stems directly from the lack of a diversity of information. See, this is the follow-up to the email that mm -hmm. I just read, guys. That's why I read these back-to-back. -back. They go together. They go together, right? How do you how do you get these this information to these people if the largest bully pulpit in the world's not going to do it? How do we do it? We can't. We can't do it. We can't. We can't win this without the White House, guys. All of us, we could put all of our platforms together. We couldn't win this without the White House. I have had so many school board members around the country ask. I've got, I just saved like a mini dossier, just a, like an introductory level on kids and, and coronavirus that I've probably sent this out a couple hundred times, literally around the country in the last month. How many of these people have got back to me? I've never seen any of this information. No one's, no one's shared any of this to me. All, cite, all cited, sourced. It's not just like my pontifications or a blog I wrote. It's a series of citations. This has never been more apparent to me than sitting in reopening meetings, she writes. All the decision makers in my district really do believe that it is dangerous for students and staff to come back to school. They get all their information from the same news outlets and government leaders. Five of the six decision makers are married to other educators, mostly teachers, who are also convinced that COVID is a direct threat to students and staff. Remember what I just told you. Not a single transmission anywhere in the world documented of a student transmitting the virus to a teacher. Not a single one. I work with some of the smartest, most compassionate people in this business. The decisions they are making are wrong because the information they're using to make these decisions is wrong. Last week, Governor DeWine moved our county into red. Our population is almost 52,000. There have been 267 total COVID cases. 267 cases! 58% of the cases were people under 40, which meant... 
overwhelmingly nothing was going to happen to them. Of cases with symptom onset in July, there have been 12 hospitalizations. 12. Only one of those has been someone under 50. The lone death recorded in our county since June 26th happens to be my own relative, who is 79 years old. And condolences for that, by the way. He has been in and out of the hospital since September because he was in renal failure, pre-existing condition, had congestive heart failure, pre-existing condition, atrial fibrillation, pre-existing conditions. He contracted COVID during one of his many trips to the hospital. And even with all those pre-existing conditions, he was never symptomatic. As his body continued to fail him from years of uncontrolled diabetes, he decided on a, a, on a different care and was released from the hospital to a nursing home a few weeks later. He died alone in the middle of the night without having seen a family member for almost a month. He did not die of COVID. He died with COVID. And yet COVID is listed, even though he's got renal failure and congestive heart failure on his death certificate, COVID is listed as the cause of death. The median age, even with that kind of, of number padding, the median age of death from COVID in Ohio is 80, and yet the average Ohioan's life expectancy is 78. Within the last week, two county boards of health in Northeast Ohio have recommended schools start online and fall extracurricular activities be canceled. The dominoes are starting to fall, and there's no one in a leadership position that has enough accurate knowledge to stand up and push back. I am not a virologist or epidemiologist. I do not have an advanced degree in education or statistics, but I am a thinker. And I didn't have to look very far to see that COVID is not a threat to anyone in Ohio, basically, who's under the age of 70. Oddly enough, yesterday I stumbled on an article, January 18th, 2020, that mentions the 54 kids in Ohio that had died up to that date of the flu. Only two people under 18 in Ohio so far have died of COVID-19. The tragedy of all of it is that as a parent, I don't get a say. All my choices are being taken away by people who do not actively seek a diversity of opinion. This is why we need the White House. It's the largest information data system on this planet. It's the largest bully pulpit on this planet. It's the Enola Gay here, guys. Do you know how long it takes to beat the Japs island by island when they're all kamikaze fighting? Maybe never. Maybe you never win. But the casualty count's awful high finding out. Laura Ingram tweeted out a column, an op-ed at the Wall Street Journal earlier today, pointing out that the Democrats have just decided that lockdown is their campaign strategy. I tweeted her back. Who's the alternative message? Who is it? Is there another party that would be the yin to that yang? That would be the zig to that zag? That would counter that message? Do you know of one? This one is, does not know, because one doesn't exist. We're going to drown in this. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? This is where you reset. We went by it pretty fast, but that White House a signal that he might get on board with this is a Christy Nome appointment. Mm -hmm. 
because how Mike Pence has been at the heart of all this and clearly not. Yeah, uh, this is his task force. Yes. He appointed Burks and Fauci. He appointed the members of the task force. It's his task force, right? Now, ultimately, Trump is responsible for all of this. Of course, absolutely. Pence reports to him. Fauci reports um, to him. He's responsible for all of this. I'm not of absolving him, yeah, yeah. of anything on but that We're also front. not absolving Mike Pence for his, it, his, his, his either. If yeah. you want that feeling of getting that buoy thrown to you in the water so you're not drowning and just treading water there, it would be something like that and right quick something to totally reframe the conversation that's what you have to do and it might that just putting gnome in there clearly doesn't mean a thing is going to change in the future in terms of action but there right now at the very least you need to prompt the potential of that by hitting reset on some front and that would do it because you would get what she stands for in terms of opening up being not afraid is the total flip side of mike pence i feel like we have somehow managed to manage to light the beacon gondor calls for aid Okay, we we're trying to short circuit the system here against against its best attempts to silence those who divert from the agreed upon narrative, meaning, you know, team reopen, team reality, what what have you. And I'm sure there are those in the White House who come marching in saying Gondor calls for aid. And it seems like all we hear back is, well, we know things will get worse before they get better. We have a great many supply of ventilators. We're producing so many thousands of ventilators I, 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 every I, I, week. Oh my gosh! I, I, I'm going to walk yeah. away, walk off, and I'm so freaking tired of all this. I am. T- I, yes, that's the thing. It's like, where is our, where's our recourse? I just, I. Can I I'm speak at a, a loss. personal point of privilege it, for a second? What, what, Go ahead. Can, Go ahead. can I finish my thought? Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. And I'm not even the person on the show that talks the most because it's the Steve Day show, not the Aaron McIntyre, Aaron McIntyre show. Months and months and months of this now. The point of a talk show is talk. How many different ways can we say this? We can say it soft. We can say it loud. We can say it this way. We can say it that way. We can say it with a meme. We can say it with a, a really well-designed video. How many different ways can we say it We've w- w- woken up a lot of people. A lot of people are with us. How many different ways, though, until we get it to where the most important people, the most important person, at least with the biggest platform, can see it and actually takes it seriously? I don't know. We've done it. We, we've done it five ways. To, you know, to the nth degree. I, I don't. I don't know how to make. I don't know how, what to say anymore. Out of words. I, I, that's th- th- what you just articulated is actually what I was going to say. Right now, one of my best buddies is on the floor of the house losing his mind. He's just had it. Just had. It. What, what the hell am I doing here? What is the point of this? Do we even care about the people we? Cl- I mean, he's just, just he's just losing it. Okay, right now, just going. Jimmy Smith goes to Washington. Chip Roy is right now. The 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 thing that is so frustrating about this to me is our work on on this issue has greatly elevated the platform the, the size of our platform the knowledge of our show the success level of our work on a on a personal level but but <laughs> i am beyond frustrated because i'm not doing this primarily for money 
I like getting paid. I'm not turning it down. Anybody down there in Dallas listening, oh, I want to make me rich. I'm not going to say no. Okay. But it's not the driving impetus of why I come in and do this all the time. Otherwise, we all would have made different choices for years now. It is so frustrating to me on a personal level to have to see that our work on this is being validated by the growth of the show. But yet we make no headway at the same time. It's so damn frustrating. It, I, I just am losing my mind with this. I'm trying to reconcile those two things. And a lot of these people that are, that are with us now want to vote for the guy in the White House that we can't get to pay attention to any of them. I don't know. Just, I needed to get that off my chest, man. More Feedback Friday here in a moment. If you're thinking of getting involved in the real estate market at any point in time, that can be a high stress level environment. I know I've done it a couple and it's been 14 years since we did it last and we were selling our current home at the time while trying to buy the next one for the growing family. And I still remember uh, some of those times and, and navigating those and how uh, tricky it was because you're at the mercy of parties on both ends. Um, you know, whether the, can you find a buyer and then can you get a seller to accept the, a price for the house that you want? Thank goodness we had an agent that we trust. And I still see Scott around town here, say hi to him every now and then. You want to make sure, particularly in the economic environment we have right now, all right, the worst gross domestic product retraction in American history, not even in the Great Depression, did we lose 30% of our GDP, guys. Think about that. We have lost more, we've lost more GDP than we did in the Great Depression. 30% retraction, one third. So, Get an agent that you can trust. Now, if you're going in, make sure you have an agent that's all in with you. Where do you find them? Name says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. They do all the vetting for you so that you can find an agent that you can trust anywhere in the country. You just have to go to the website. It's that simple. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Ah. Georgia's case numbers are going down again. We're back under the epidemic threshold as of July 18th, which means less than 7.2% of all deaths in America are from coronavirus. Latest numbers we have are through July 18th. So that was, what, two Saturdays ago? Um, I, I could just sit here and give you all kinds of reassuring news on the virus. I don't understand why the individuals whose names are on the ballot and on the line this year and who are going to be primarily judged by how they managed this crisis aren't giving it to you. I got to tell you, man, if you had, Steve Dace is going to have to urge Donald Trump to take more credit for things 
on your bingo card, you're a badass, man. That's the space I thought was never getting filled. All right. Did you have that one in your on your bucket list, Todd? Of things that the, the crazy voices in your head say you'd come into work one day and listen to your boss beg, plead, urge, scold Donald Trump to take more credit for something. He is. Haven't you heard about the ventilators? All the best ventilators, Steve. I'm going to flavor flavor ventilator, I think. We got, we got all kinds of extras, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I should just do the next publicity shoot I do for the Blaze, if I last that long. I'm, I'm Flavor Flav in a, a ventilator right around my neck, like Flavor Flav. Just turned into some bling, some ventilator bling. What do you think? Hate the game, not the player. Hate the game, not the ventilator, right? Van asks, would you vote for Lindsey Graham? Nope. Oh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Jess says, I've written a business bill of rights, and I think something like this could be very important in the government overreach, or after the government overreach we have seen. I'd love you guys' thoughts on this. Okay, so here's her business bill of rights. And since I own a business, I'm a little interested in what she has to say all right so jess says no business shall be regulated by the government without proving in a courtroom with a jury of their peers to be a credible threat to public safety no government shall pass a law respecting one business over another no government official shall benefit in any manner financially from legislation passed that does benefit individual that doesn't or that does benefit individual citizens in an equal manner any legislator elected officials or other government entity that has a personal or financial stake in legislation shall recuse themselves from voting or ruling on said matters. All disagreements between government and business shall be settled in a courtroom by a jury of peers. The right to own, operate, and run a business shall not be infringed. The right to refuse services shall lay solely with the business. No excessive licensing or fees shall be required to operate said business. No tax shall be levied unequally on one business and not another. All businesses, all business entities shall be considered as individual persons in regards to all constitutional rights. Jess, you know this is America, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ah, uh, God bless you. What, what is it? Bless your heart, Kim, our old friend. Yeah. Kim used to say. Yeah, I listen. I can agree with every word of that, but until we get some terra firma on who's a boy and who's a girl, honestly... That you, you're just spitting in the wind. That you, right now, you could post that to somebody. Say, yeah, what's your position on transgenderism? And if you don't have the right one, it's not going to matter. Which is the same point about what we're talking about getting your message out. Your message doesn't count unless you utter the right shibboleths about the great upside down that they're in the middle of. That's the problem. Do you think there's a better chance that Jess's vision could be realized if they? defined their business as an individual with a cervix yes yeah undoubtedly as it stands as, as, as it stands fast. yes as it stands this individual is uh canceled now yeah. you put some meat on the bone thank you all right um 
I am a nurse working in a major hospital in the Des Moines area. My frustration is through the roof. It would seem the medical community is willing to follow along blindly and happily in the sham known as coronavirus guidelines. Shields, masks, all for those patients that we know are COVID negative. Not one physician has expressed questions about the validity of any of this. But you sit in a studio, you're your own boss, no one can fire you or penalize you for your outspoken thoughts and valid concerns regarding the precautions that change minute by minute, it seems. You're in an enviable position. But it's not the norm for many of us out here. I cannot afford to lose my job. And if I buck the system or speak out, that is what will happen. What do you suggest for us little guys that can't just quit and get locked up for opening a business? Not everyone can risk our entire lives or livelihoods. I'm furious with all I have to do to go along with concerning COVID-19, even though I don't buy it. I'm furious with the government that does nothing. And I'm furious with talk show hosts who tell us day after day how bad it all is, but stand to lose little for themselves by speaking out. How do I buck the system when I need the system to feed my family? Sick and tired of sick and tired. Well, I, I, I'm not going to speak for my industry. Let me just speak for myself here. Okay. I, I have had my job threatened. I can't tell you how many times over the years. I had my, my, I had my governor, the former governor of this state, try to get me fired. I had Mitt Romney's people the Mitt Romney campaign try to get me fired and then Mitt Romney's company bought the radio station that I worked for that they tried to get me fired from awkward okay <laughs> all right I have been I had my job threatened on numerous occasions numerous I just did what I thought was right and figured in the end if it was successful it would it would pay for itself and if it wasn't then it didn't really matter whether I kissed their ass or not. If I don't, if enough people don't listen, it didn't matter. And so I just made sure I, I put myself up to the will of the audience. But I, I bring all that up because my, my job, and you guys know this, it has been threatened on numerous occasions. Numerous. I, I can't speak for other people, but because I'm an activist doing a show and not a guy who does a show trying to be an activist, I'm an activist who does a show. My, my goal is to ultimately get you to mobilize on what we're communicating, if we can convince you that it's the right and proper thing to do. Um, I, I, I've, put my, I've put my ass on the line all the time. All the time. Hell yeah. Fired three times doing sports talk radio. Okay? Uh, in this job, man, if I'd have been wrong, go back and look at the stuff when we launched our contrarian view on this. In March. And when the research came in and the IFRs and all these things, and this was this was Captain Trips, and we were wrong. Ma'am, miss sick and tired of being sick and tired, because I'm with you on that. Ma'am, if we had been wrong on this, we would not be doing this show right now. We'd be would have been gone. And yeah, I own my own show, but and I can't fire myself, but I also can't distribute myself, right? Someone has to agree, but if, if it, otherwise, if I'm just, you know, talking into my phone, who am I talking to? So yeah, I own the show, but I don't own a platform that can distribute a show that makes it worth my while. So if I would have come on the air here and taken this confrontational position about what had happened, and we had these conversations before I did, and we all agreed that, it that if we were right, if we were right about this, the moment was worth risking our careers. Because if we were wrong, if we were wrong, we were never working in this business ever again, ever. And frankly, didn't deserve to because we misled people on, the, on, a, on, a, on a life and death situation, right? Right. We had those conversations, did we not, gentlemen, yes. at the time? Yes, yep. 
And so we all agreed of one mind, it was worth the risk given what we had learned. The reason why I'm now insulated from this is because we were right and the audience flocked to the truth. But if we were wrong and we were lying to people, I'd also be wondering if my unemployment benefits were going to run out today because of the U.S. Senate. And so would Todd and so would Aaron. I'm the sole breadwinner in my home. I make a good living. I'm not rich. Frankly, I'm probably one of the lowest paid individuals in this industry with a platform of this magnitude. I pay these two guys' livelihoods out of my own pocket. I pay for all this overhead out of my own pocket. I've lived in the same house for the last 14 years. I, I, I parked out here as a 2014 Ford Edge that I bought used four years ago. My wife's car is a 2015 that we bought used four years ago. I'm not wealthy. I, I'm not poor, but I'm not rich. I cannot afford to lose this job. I just made the decision I can't afford to lose my country more so. And I wasn't losing my country to this. And as long as I had a platform to do something about it, that came first. And I knew going in, though, if I was wrong about this, man. And here's the other thing, too. Because I've done this so visibly in a radioactive environment, I can't do any other broadcasting ever again. Something you, some of you probably don't know is... After the, after, after the 2016 election, man, I was contemplating not wanting to do this anymore or that I wouldn't be able to do this anymore. So I did a tryout with ESPNU on Sirius XM. And the tryout went phenomenal and they loved it. Then they found out what I do with my daily job and some of the things I've said and stood for. And after telling me that's one of the best auditions we've ever heard. We'll get right back to you. They wouldn't return a call or email ever again after that. And forget just media in this environment. How many jobs, period, can we do? Right. We're branded. Yeah. We're branded. We're, we're, we, I will have to, if this show doesn't work, whether it's here at The Blaze or some other platform in the future, if this show doesn't work, I will have to, con, con, I'll probably have to do a completely different career. And, and it will probably oh. have to be political consulting, which I really just want to, I, I, I might take my own life, frankly, because those are about my only couple of options. Yeah, let's That's say we, about it. Let's say I just want to go into human resources right there and just write copy or something like and that. They They're going to dox that company. Yeah, they start Googling everything you put on Facebook yes, ever. And, say, and then you, they'll you try to hang the company with it. That's right. That's, That's the environment we live that in. That is so, the environment see, we live she's in. Acting like, she's acting like the, the hairdresser. Uh, in Texas, who went to jail doesn't exist. There's no clear, the, the clouds are just not going to part and give you the risk-free way of making a difference in this environment. That's not on us. And don't ask us for it because it doesn't exist. We have a good in this room. We really do. Mm -hmm. We have a really good. Um, but what you just said, I made my peace with like in 2017, 2018. It's just like I'm not totally sure. I wasn't sure, totally sure back then. I'm sure now there's no way in hell, and I mean hell, that I'm going to be able to work in secular media at all, 
after this. And this that's not a woe is me type of thing, but that's just the reality of the environment which you live in nowadays. And so the sooner that you make your peace with, um, you know what, I better start uh, brushing up on quick trip managerial exam prep, yeah. you know, yeah. the sooner you make your, your peace with that, the more free you'll feel to actually, you know, chuck some bom- bombs, uh, kick tires and light fires, that type of thing. Cause it is actually freeing and we're not, we're not martyrs. I make really good money yeah. because of Steve. We're not moderates at all. This beats um, vastly beats going down the mine shaft with a flashlight, as, you, as you've said multiple times. But that's the type of that's the type of position that that we're in. That once this ride ends, then you know we'll have to face the reality of our futures as well. I'm not afraid about that. I have other I have other marketable skills as well. But that's the piece that we all have to make in our varying degrees or in our varying workforces in our varying lives and our varying uh, arenas what are you prepared what are you willing what steps are you yes. willing to take that's what todd says all the time i was just <laughs> thinking in my head that i was going to say that the second before you went to it you just need to go watch the untouchables and that sean connery scene what are you prepared to do it's that simple oh there there's a, yeah there's a lot of risk doing this because I'm in a very risky position, actually, because um, I make enough money that I can subsidize these guys and my own family, but I'm not independently wealthy that if I can never do this again, I can just ride off into the sunset on the residuals of my $100 million radio contract with Clear Channel or Cumulus or my five New York Times bestsellers books. And so I'm big enough to be a target. Right, I'm big enough to be on everybody's radar, but not big enough that I could take a, a, a shot right to the head, and and still just hey, if I can't, if I if if I'm scarlet lettered and can't do this anymore, I'm still going home to my mansion that's paid for and we're having a nice life. No, I'm not. No, like, I'm not like the president. So take your complaints to him and ask him to act. Good luck with that. I've tried doing that eighty-seven times in the last four months. And I thought I was at least like one for 86. And then last week happened and it turned out I'm over 87. So inspiring. We're going to stick around, do our best and worst of the week here on the Steve Day Show for our Blaze TV subscribers in the overtime. BlazeTV.com slash Dace if you want to make sure you don't miss that. For the rest of you, have a great weekend. We will be back at it again on Monday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.